We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. If I had a heart, I would be able to experience a wide range of emotions. You heard him say, I'd be gentle. I'd be sentimental. I could experience everything, every emotion from jealousy to devotion if I only had a heart. And I believe that God wanted us to play on what he was asking for today because, oh, God, we need your heart today. We have spent um, several weeks now in the emotions section, I would say, of our Turn Down the Noise series. And we have talked about our emotions and the fact that for all of us, there's about one or two emotions that kind of dominate that we we lean into most. And we talked about how we struggle to feel emotions so often and that we can be so we can be so interested in making sure we deny ourselves our emotions that we have all these distractions around us and that we can get to a place where we can deny our emotions and put so much distance between us and our emotions for such a period of time that we actually can starve our emotions to death and we spent so much time so much good time talking about this but today's focus is we're going to talk about what it takes or rather who it will take for us to be able to experience and express a healthy set of emotions, for us to have a healthy emotional system. And I've already given you the answer. We're not, I'm not going to make you wait to the end. It's going to take God's heart. It's going to take his heart operating in our lives for us to be able to do this. Amen? Amen. So we are going to go into scripture today. It may feel a little like school. It's okay. Be scholarly today. Um, But we're going to go to scripture. We're going to go to a a couple of places. We're going to start off in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to read verses 4 through 11. And then we're going to go to 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 7 through 11. But you can put a pen in the first John, because we're going to go there in a little bit, but start in the first Corinthians chapter 13. And just so you have a good idea of what I'm reading from, I don't know how it happened, y'all. I think I swiped a, a weird way and ended up in the Good News Bible translation one day when I was in my um, version app. And ever since I mistakenly got there, I've just hung out there because I like the way it reads. So that's where I'm going to be coming from is the Good News Bible translation. If you have the ability to go, to, it's GMB. If you can go there, great. Um, if you don't have that flexibility, that's okay too. Read what you have. It's going to all line up the same way. Amen? So, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting at verse 4. Love is patient and kind. It is not jealous or conceited or proud. Love is not ill-mannered or selfish or irritable. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. Love is not happy with evil, but is happy with the truth. Love never gives up. And its faith, hope, and patience never fail. Love is eternal. There are inspired messages, but they are temporary. There are gifts of speaking in strange tongues, but they will cease. There is knowledge, but it will pass. For our gifts of knowledge and of inspired messages are only partial. But when when what is perfect comes, then what is partial will disappear. 
When I was a child, my speech, feelings, emotions, and thinking were all of those of a child. Now that I have grown up, I have no use, no more use for my childish ways. If you've been in the church for any length of time, and maybe even if you haven't been in the church, you are probably familiar with that set of scriptures that I just read. Um, I think they may even be like deemed like the love chapter because it's all the love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Everything that we just read. Um, and so when God took me there in preparation for today, I was like, okay, this is familiar. You're talking about your heart and love. So this makes sense. It's a good connection point. Like, good job, God. Like, this is good. Um, but he took me so much further because I, I said, okay, this is a whole chapter basically dedicated to telling this church, it's the church in Corinth, the Corinthians, about what love is. So then that, if you start to study, because that's what you do when you study, you get curious, you start to ask questions, you say, okay, well, why would you dedicate this much time to talking to the Corinthian church about what love is? And then you say to yourself, because you get more curious, well, who was the Corinthian church? So y'all come with me down my curiosity path today. You're going to answer all these questions. So the church in Corinth was established by the Apostle Paul. If you know anything about the Apostle Paul, you know that he was converted over to um, strong conversion, forceful conversion, lost his sight and all that to be able to find Jesus as a light. Um, he um, would go to all these different regions and he would basically do church plants. He would plant a church and then he would move on and then he would start another church. So the church in Corinth is one of those churches that he started. The Corinthians um, are primarily non-Jewish um, Christians. So if you remember when I spoke, maybe like at this point, like two months ago, six weeks ago, I don't know, the church I was talking about then were Jewish Christians, meaning that they were Jewish by birth and then they found Jesus Christ as the way and they converted over. And they had their own set of struggles because they had this religious um, decision in, within themselves every day to do I go with the religious practices that I'm used to or do I now walk in his truth? And so that was them. These people, in contrast, are non-Jewish Christians, meaning they didn't have no religion, meaning they came from the world. They came straight from the world, Paul converted them, and then they became Christians. If you read commentary on these people, um, commentators say that this was the least spiritual of the churches. So people probably talk about this church like, you know the Corinthians. You know, they were that. You know the Corinthians. They were the least spiritual of all the churches that he established. But again, they didn't come from religion. They came straight from the world. It's important to know that this church um, is in like a, a very high populous city. So it's like New York. Las Vegas, California, um, those are states, but you get what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> very high populated areas. They're, they're like metropolitan, I should say. Um, and so they are surrounded by a lot of people, which means that when you make this decision that you want to follow Jesus Christ as the way and have his lifestyle and have his way of thinking, you got a lot working against you because you're surrounded by a lot of people who don't think and feel and act the way you want to think and feel and act. It is to this church that Paul had to, um, and we know that this church is struggling emotionally because it is to this church that Paul had to um, write in chapter one and say, there's divisions, there's divisions among you. 
because some are saying, well, I follow Paul and I follow Apollos. So there's this pride in this church because pride is an emotion. So this church is struggling with the emotion of pride. It is the same church that he has to talk about um, not coveting one another's spiritual gifts because some were saying, well, she has a gift of speaking in tongues. Well, I want the gift of prophecy. Well, how come I don't have the gift of it? He had to tell them, we're all one body. We're all one body. You don't have to want what she has and what he has. Don't, because there was a jealous emotion in the church. You feel what I'm saying? It was to this church that he had to talk about lawsuits among believers because someone would do something in the church, they would get offended, and then they would go to do take legal action. So offense is an emotion. So he had to talk to this church and say, okay, you're walking in too much offense. Don't do that. Don't have lawsuits amongst yourself. It was to this church that he had to say, you know what? Behold, all things have become new. You are a new creature in Christ. Behold, all things have passed away. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. It is to this church that is struggling with offense and pride and the emotion of jealousy that he finally says, you know what love is? Love is. You know, uh, we're, we're spending a lot of time talking about all these uh, different emotions. It is to that church that he says love is. And I, it's important to note that he was in Ephesus when he wrote this to them. He was over in, Ephes to, in talking to the Ephesian church about putting on the whole armor of God. And he said, hold on, wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Because I'm hearing too much about what's happening with the Corinthians. They're struggling emotionally. Y'all pause. Love is. It is to this church that he says love is. So now that we have a little more context, I know it's a lot of scripture, but let's go back and read it again. To this church, he says, love is patient and kind. It is not jealous or conceited or proud. Love is not ill-mannered or selfish or irritable. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. Love is not happy with evil, but is happy with the truth. Love never gives up, and its faith, hope, and patience never fail. Love is eternal. There are inspired messages, but they are temporary. So all y'all who are saying, I want the gift of preaching, he's like, it's okay. It's all right. They're inspired messages, but those are temporary. There are gifts of speaking in strange tongues, because you're saying you want the gift of speaking in tongues, and you're jealous because she has it, and he has it, and you don't have it yet. He's saying, that's going to cease too. There is knowledge, but it will pass. For our gifts of knowledge and inspired messages are only partial. But when what is perfect comes, then what is partial will disappear. And it's to this church that he says, when I was a child, so when I was in my old emotional system, when I was walking under my, my previous constructs, when I was letting those emotions of the world dominate me, when I was a child, my speech, my feelings, my emotions of my old system, they were all those of a child. But now that I have grown up, now that I'm in this new way of life, now that I'm choosing a different set of emotions to go by, I have no more use for those childish ways. It, it hit different, right? Now that you know who he's talking to and what they're struggling with emotionally when he writes that. My first point, and I don't have very succinct points. I tried. I tried to have, you know, one-worders or things that were very clever, but I don't. Point number one, God's love needs to be my dominant emotion 
my operating system. God's love needs to be my dominant emotion, his heart. His love, it needs to be my dominant emotion, my operating system. If you're not familiar with what an operating system is, I'll tell you. An operating system is the primary software that manages all the other hardware and other software on a computer. The operating system, also known as an OS, if you have the iPhone, you see iOS, all that, they're just being jazzy, it's the iPhone operating system. The OS interfaces with the computer's hardware and provides services that applications can use. I want to make sure that we pull from that, that the operating system is the primary system and that it manages all of the other systems. So my previous emotional system, I need an override of that. And I need his love system, his heart, to become my primary operating system. And the great thing about that is when it comes in, when his heart comes in and becomes my OS, it'll manage all the other software. It'll manage all those other emotions. The other part that was great about that is that it interfaces with the hardware and it provides services that the applications can use, meaning that a good operating system and God's operating system is the best. It'll let you know when other parts of your life, other applications, other emotions need to be updated. So when Pastor Wanzel said over the last few weeks that your emotions are trying to tell you something about you, they are. And if I have God's heart as my operating system, it'll talk to each other. So he'll be saying to me, Portia, you're feeling really irritable lately. Your patience needs an update. Your patience app needs an update because love is patient. It'll tell me that when you walk into that room and you have that, that pit, that, that your stomach drops to the pit because you can't stand these people or you're still reconciling how they treated you, it'll tell you that your forgiveness app needs an update. It'll tell you all the apps. It'll tell you that you're struggling to communicate with your wife and you're struggling to communicate with your husband or your girlfriend or your boyfriend. It's because your vulnerability app needs an update. But it only works if he is the operating system because then it starts to speak to all of the other apps and tell them how to function. So the first point was God's love needs to be my dominant emotion my operating system. Now you can go to 1 John, which is where we were, or I told you guys to hang out for a little bit. 1 John 4, 7 through 11. Dear friends, let us love one another because love comes from God. Whoever loves is a child of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. How'd that feel? So if you don't love, you do not know God. You might be a churchgoer, but if you don't love, you do not know God. Why? Because God is love. And God showed his love for us by sending his only son into the world so that we might have life through him. This is what love is. It is not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the means by which our sins are forgiven. Dear friends, if this is how God loved us, then we should love one another. 
point number two. Without God's love as my operating system, I will continue to glitch. Without God's love as my operating system, I will continue to glitch. If you don't know what a glitch is, a glitch is a sudden, usually temporary, usually, but could last a little longer than expected, malfunction or irregularity of equipment. A glitch is a sudden, usually temporary malfunction or irregularity of equipment. And when God dropped that on me, it felt like, okay, wow. Right, wow. If my love is not at the heart of what you do and it's not the operating system, you're going to continue to glitch. And then I started to think about it. I think that I, it is not to be alone as I am on this stage today. I'll add you guys. We spend most of our lives glitching. I think our life is a glitch. I think that... Here's why. Here's why. Because it's not for lack of teaching. It's not for lack of time spent. We come to church. We lift our hands. We have powerful moments like we just had today. We leave this place on fire, ready to just walk in his emotional set of his system and his set of emotions. And we have all the want to and the inspiration. We're like the tin man. You know, he was very aspirational. If I only had, oh, yeah, if I get that, I'm going to be loving people, and I'm going to be talking right to people, and the heart is there, and the desire is there, and it's like, yes. Then we run up on people and circumstances, and we glitch. The Corinthian church was not a bad church. They were established by the apostle Paul. Like, if you get to be under his teaching, you got, like, the best teaching ever, like, the best teacher ever. And they were glitching. They were glitching because it was great when he was there, just like it's great in these moments. And we just get all this teaching. And I don't know about y'all, I left last week, these two, I was on the floor. I mean, I was just like, have your way, God. Like, I just, you leave in such a surrendered position. And that was why Paul was there. But then when he left... And they started having to deal with people. That's when it was like lawsuits flying, people asking, you know, like, people, I want what she has. People like, that's, that's what happens. You just start to glitch. And I think that we spend more time glitching than we do expressing a healthy set of emotions, a consistent, healthy expression of emotions. And I don't want you to let this pass over you and think it doesn't apply to you because I'm telling you, I already told you we're all in this together. We are all glitching most days of our lives. But here's why. Because we don't have God's heart as our operating system. And I think that we feel like when we have emotional moments and experiences with God and the tears fall, and all of this happens in a worship service, that I, surely I got his heart in that exchange. Surely it happened. Like, sure, like, he was here, and I was here, so I know that there had to be an exchange that was made, but it's an intentional ask. You have to intention, be intentional. We talked about prayer. You have to target that prayer and say, God, I want your heart, 
God, I want your heart to be my operating system. I want you to come in and be the dominant emotion, your love to dominate and manage all the other emotions. You have to ask for that. It don't happen because you came. Like, I surely I left with it. You didn't leave with it. You didn't leave with it because you didn't ask for it. But here's the part about his heart, his love. It has to be installed. In order for something to be installed, there has to be room. We have to make room for the install. I was thinking about, um, I told y'all last week my daughter turned 13, and my husband and I bought her a Nintendo Switch Lite, the light version. They spoiled. They have the other version, too. They have the one that, you know, it can go portable, and then you can put it on the screen, and you can all that. Um, but that one has more space because it's a bigger system. The one that we got her was very intentional. We wanted it to be personal for her. That'll preach. It's personal. We wanted it to be personal for her, and so we got this Nintendo Switch Lite. And we also, with it, because it don't come with no games. It don't come with no games. Y'all remember when video games used to come with a game? It don't come with no games. Um, so we bought it, and we had to buy a game. And we bought NBA 2K12, which is like their favorite game. Um, so we do our parent thing. We feel great. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 2021. 2021. That's the old version. We stay relevant. It's 2021. <laughs> um, so we bought her NBA 2021. And because she's like motioning, like, not 12. Don't think, make them think I'm playing 12. Um, 2021. And we our great parents, and we go out about our way. We're going to go to Target and get some other things, you know, carry on. So we get this call while we're at Target, and she's saying frantically, her and her brother, she doesn't have enough space. She doesn't have enough space. She can't download the game because there's not enough space. She has to have, like, 30, she's missing 32 gigabytes. There's not enough space. I'm like, dang. <laughs> like, okay, so we need an SD card so you can get more space. Perfect. We're at Target, so we'll get an SD card. Um, I say that to say, not only does there have to be room that you have to make so that God's system, his operating system can be in your life and you can function, but there's also a cost associated with it. Because when we got to the counter, we couldn't do the same thing that they did to us and say, hey, she doesn't have enough space. She doesn't have enough space. We couldn't do that. We couldn't say she doesn't have enough space. Can we get an SD card? They said, sure. It'll cost you about X amount of dollars. So we had to pay for the extra space so that she could actually play this game and walk in the purpose of this game and have its full functionality. We had to, she had to get more room and it cost something. And I believe that's where most of us miss the install. Because even if we ask for it with all of our heart, if I only had a heart, oh Jesus, if I only had a heart, oh I'd be loving people. I'd be loving people. I would be talking. I'd be so kind. I would be, I would be, I would be good with my husband. I would be, if I only had that heart. Even if we take the step to ask for it, we typically miss the mark when we see that we get sticker shock. Because it's going to cost something. What is it going to cost me? It may mean that my schedule has to be adjusted so I can make room for the install. 
it may mean that my mornings that I used to dedicate to X, Y, Z, now I have to plug in like 30 to 45 minutes to make sure that me and him are good first thing in the morning is going to cost me something. It may mean that me and my girls don't do brunch on Sundays anymore because it's at 11 o'clock. If y'all want to do it, we can do it about 2.30 because I have to go to service on Sunday because I have to get the install and the updates. So it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost something. It might mean that I can't hang out with you because not only are you not good for me, you take up room. You take up space, and I need space. You have to start to evaluate what it's going to take to be able to get the install, what it's going to cost to have that extra room. Amen? Or be prepared to keep glitching. Amen. Point number three, I have to stay connected to God so he can sustain his love system in me. I have to stay connected to God so he can sustain his love system in me. He gave us a set of emotions that have a variety of, of there is, it's a range of emotions. And when we get that, his love, his heart as our operating system, it manages all of those. But it don't just, it's not like just set it and forget it. Once you get the install, so you've done what it takes, you have the install now, you have to stay connected to him in order to continue to receive the updates on all the emotions. I think that we, um, I'll speak for myself, I don't mind being vulnerable. There are times that I feel like I need to be real, real deep. I like, spend a lot of time, you know, in the word. It's like one of those seasons, you know. Y'all go, go through seasons in your life? Like I'm in a season where I just, need to be, I just need to be at his feet. You know, I just need to be really deep. And it's that season. And then there are other seasons when there is usually less going on or th there's not, enough, not as much life pulling on you. And you still stay connected. I don't, I don't backslide, you know, out the door. But it's like it doesn't, need, it doesn't take as much. It's not going to require as much because things are not like they were last season. There is a consistent hunger. There is a consistent press. There is a consistency that you have to develop in your relationship with God in order for this thing to work. Because the minute that you decide, I'm good. I'm good. And I don't mean good like you don't went back to, you know, selling dope and all other stuff. I mean, if you are selling dope, let's, we'll pray. But if that was your lifestyle, I'm not saying you go all the way back to that. But it's just, you just kind of like let off the gas a little bit. And I know, forget seasons, on a day-to-day -day basis, the days that my prayer was a little bit shorter, because I had a little, I had more stuff to do, or my time with him was cut abruptly or whatever, I feel it. I feel it. I start glitching. I start glitching on my husband. I glitch on my kids. I glitch on my friends. I glitch on you, you, and you. Who's next? I will glitch on whoever in those moments. I'm being serious because we would like to believe that this is not a relationship that has to be maintained and sustained, but it does. Because I am, as, I am only as good as I am with him. And I know y'all are saying, it don't take all that, and one day you didn't pray and you start glitching, I started glitching. And maybe you guys have a longer battery than me. I don't know. But when, on a day-to-day, -day, I can mark time what happened. When I glitch on these people over here, I can, I, can, 
I can recall what happened. <laughs> I was like, I know exactly what happened. <laughs> and I'm forever apologetic because I, I know exactly what happened. I missed my time. I laugh and I say it in jest, but I also say it hopefully that it's going with you guys that this is a commitment. Don't ask for something that you don't want to stay committed to. Be prepared to understand that this operating system is not going to just go on repeat because you would like for it to. It's going to take constant dedication to it. Amen. I have a, a final note, and you can wrap us up because we are wrapping. Um, so there are the emotions that God gives us as humans, that range of emotions that we talked about, that he is, he is prepared to manage with us. He's prepared to, if we make his heart our operating system, systems are a go, he is going to help us manage all of those emotional applications. But then there are some emotions, much like how software can get corrupted, that those aren't intended to be managed. Those should be expelled. So when they were talking, our pastors were talking last week, they were talking about Manasseh, poor Manasseh. And they were talking about how he was named to forget. Think about that. He was named to forget because his parents had an experience of emotions that they then passed down to him. And so now he's walking around as to forget, and he doesn't even know what he's trying to forget because that wasn't his emotional experience. But now those emotions have been added to his set of emotions. Those emotions don't have a place. Those are the emotions that I'm not asking you God to manage it. I'm asking you God to destroy them. I'm asking you to get rid of those completely because those aren't a part of the variety of software that you ever intended for me to have. There are other emotions we talked about, you know, they can come from your parents, but God was very specific about this transfer of emotions. And there are some emotions that you have from past sexual relationships. I'm not gonna go but so deep because I know there's little ones in the room, but hey, you need to learn and understand. There are some emotions that you can't pull where that came from. Maybe it came from your parents, but maybe it came from who you've been with or who you have been with, plural people that you have been with. Emotional, all soul ties are is a spiritual and emotional bond. And those emotions that you picked up along the way from different partners or different relationships, those are not the ones that he wants to manage. Those are the ones he wants to just expel altogether. Those are, those are not there to be managed in a healthy way. Those are corrupting the system. This is an emotional system, and those emotions are corrupting your system. Jesus is here today. He's here today to break those corrupt emotional ties. I know it was not by accident that we sang freedom today. And I know it wasn't by accident that after we declared freedom, we acknowledged him as Yahweh. Because today is a day of freedom. 
and today is a day of liberation. All the emotions that you have that are intended to be managed by his operating system, he is going to manage them. But all of the corrupt files, he wants to get rid of today. I'm going to take you to just a quick scripture. You don't have to go there, but Hebrews 4 and 12. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts all the way through to where soul and spirit meet to where joints and marrow come together. It judges the desires and thoughts of the heart. There is nothing that can be hidden from God. Everything in all creation is exposed and lies open before his eyes. God, we thank you for everything being exposed and lying open before your eyes. And it is to him that we must all give an account of ourselves. Jesus is here in this room today. And I don't know that it has to be an emotional moment and a falling on the floor. Maybe it takes that, maybe. But you need to understand that he's here today. I have um, specific instruction. As we, you can stand to your feet. As we think about what we learned today, and we think about the install that needs to happen, and we think about God's love becoming our dominant emotion, we also want to be mindful of exactly what needs to be expelled out of our lives today. As we close, my husband is going to pray us out. I would ask that all hearts and minds, hopefully they've been clear this whole time, but that you settle yourself so that you can allow this moment to be the moment that it's intended to be. Because as I said earlier, you can come to church every Sunday and feel like you got something, and I'm sure you did. You leave with something every Sunday, but you can completely miss the opportunity to have his heart installed. Amen. I'll give my wife a hand. Um, before I pray, I just want to say this. Um, Portia just told me that this morning that I was a part of her sermon. So so this is, I was totally caught off guard, but God put on my heart as I was sitting there that to finish this story before I pray. For those that seen the Wizard of Oz, we all know that at the end, the wizard had to tell him that he had a heart. Even though he had one all along, he didn't know it. So I think we need to ask God to to, to reveal us that we have a heart. Not just talking about a physical heart, I'm talking about a spiritual heart. We need to ask God to reveal that to us. And, and as I was sitting there, I thought about when all the way back to 2015, we first started meeting with TMC when um, Pastor Wanzel, it became the TMC scripture, above, el, above, above all else, guard your heart because everything flowed through it. Well, we got to know we have a heart to guard it. So what I'm asking today is we ask God to reveal to us that we have it. That way, all the garbage that's in, can be removed so he can do the install on us and the updates that we need. So as we go forward and pray today, we're going to pray, Father God, we thank you for this day, Father. Lord God, we thank you for all that you're doing for us, Lord God. Lord, we ask you today, Lord, to just give us a change in our heart, Lord God. Fix it. Give us that bypass that we need. Be our surgeon today, Lord God. 
anything that we've that we've experienced through our life, God, that, that has ruined us, Lord God, ask you, Lord God, to remove it. Yes. Give us a change, Lord God. Yes. And Lord God, I also ask for the men in this room, Lord God, that have struggled, Lord God, myself included, Heavenly Father, that's only been able to express two types of emotions, either just happy or anger, Lord God. What we haven't had in where to take our emotions to, Lord God. Today, Lord God, we take them to you, Lord God. I ask you to give us that emotional freedom that we need, Lord God. Lord God, not just for us, but it's, but just for the women as well, Lord God, but for our men especially, Lord God, it's stuff we struggle with, and it, and it hinders us in our life, Lord God, and we don't need that struggle, Lord God. We have enough struggles as it is, Father God. So, Lord God, we ask you to just cleanse us, Lord God. Make us pure, Father God. Give us a reset, Father. Give us an update, Father. Spiritually, physically, Lord God, help us the people that, give us what we need so we can be the people for you, God. We know that you're able, Lord God, and you will do it if we petition and ask you for it, Lord God. And when you start working on us, Lord God, help us to be vulnerable, Lord God, and give you full range of what you want to do in our lives, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.